Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. It's always nice to have you with us. I'm Louis Coppers. Production, as always, by Nick Mons. And yesterday, there was an announcement that was made by the local satellite television broadcaster, not just local, they also, of course, broadcast into Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, excluding North Africa, Supersports. And yesterday was that they had not secured the rights to broadcast the 2023 Indian Premier League, which started this afternoon. By the reaction of the public to go by, let's just put it this way, bluntly, they were very, very disappointed and very annoyed and very you-know-what-offed at the decision that uh, was made by Supersport. And knowing I do, um, and most of you are getting to know, he is like a Red Bull to a rag, and off he went straight into the depths and darkness of Randburg in Johannesburg to try and get comment from Supersport, who declined interview with us on from the boardroom to the locker room, which is quite interesting because they're very happy for us to broadcast all the good stuff about what they're doing. But then when it comes to something slightly controversial or something that they don't have answers to or don't want to answer, then they say they're not discussing it with the media. Well, be that as it may, for whatever reason, to you no idea what the reason was, but some very, very poor publicity to start with by saying that they're not going to broadcast the IPL. They've done a turnaround, and just hours before the tournament was due to start this afternoon, they said they have now secured the rights to broadcast the 2023 Indian Premier League. Now, if they were still in negotiations or in any form of trying to get a better deal, why on earth did they make the until their negotiations were finalised? Somebody needs to be some publicity, which they could have made that decision today, which they then would never have had to make, secure the rights. Anyway, so if you want to watch, you know where you can, if that's something that you like. Right, uh, let's turn our attention now, shall we, to the weekend. And uh, what I'd like to start off with, if we can, is uh, something that's always very dear to my heart, especially when it comes along over the weekend, and when it's one of those weekends where you can watch everything early in the morning and still have a full day, in my case, of work, but other people's, you know, watch the Formula One Grand Prix, 6 o'clock Sunday morning, go for a walk on the beach, or whatever it is. Anyway, today was day win Grand Prix. We would like you to know that it's not a Red Bull that's fastest today. Fernando Alonso. Oh, my goodness. Has this man been given a new lease on life? And when is he going to win a race? Because it's inevitable. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that he's going to win a race this year. Well, he topped the timesheets in these Aston Martin. The second practice session was a rain hit. So maybe you can't really take much out of it. But then if it rains in Melbourne on Sunday, which it often does, that is rain, not necessarily on your own. Uh, Max Verstappen could be uh, chasing the spray behind the Aston Martin. Who was quickest in the first session of the day, which was in dry weather. Alonso was quickly out the garage before the rain came and posted a lap of 1 minute 18.888 seconds. Two eights, 18.88 seconds. Nearly a competitor, Charlotte Clack, George Russell, uh, pushing to priority over pace in the conditions. Lewis Hamilton, fastest in the first session, 18th fastest lap in the second spent much of the time in the garage tinkering with his car suspension. Now, Verstappen and Ferrari's Carlos Sainz almost collided in traffic jams. Cars that jammed the track before the rain. Landon Norris was the first to come to grief when the weather changed as he slid his car into the grass and gravel at turn one. Verstappen had earlier topped an eventful first session, which was under blue skies, lapping in 1 minute 18.790 seconds which was, at the time, half a second quicker than the second fastest driver 
Lewis Hamilton. So there we go. That was the timing sheets for the sessions today. Tomorrow morning, there will, of course, be Grand Prix action. And uh, that, of course, is uh, in Melbourne with the qualifying, uh, which will take place nice and early in the morning. And then after that, uh, it, of course, will be the race on Sunday morning. The flag drops or the red lights go out. I should say it's no longer a flag. Flag drops at the end. The red lights will go out in the morning, uh, six o'clock South African time. So you can catch a nice early wake up and watch the Grand Prix. That's, of course, Formula One Grand Prix on uh, the weekend. And uh, it's also the uh, Argentinian Autodrome Amas de Rio Honda. Argentinian GP, that's MotoGP, that's the bikes in Argentina this weekend. Okay, let us turn our attention now, shall we, to rugby, and there is lots of it currently on at the moment. We start off by the events that are currently on, the World Sevens Series for the women in Hong Kong, Great Britain, Uruguay, France, Hong Kong, take each other on today. Later on, it's uh, actually underway right now. Uh, the Cheetahs against the Pumas. Earlier, it was the Griffins against the Bulls uh, in the Curry Cup competition. And then in the Challenge Cup, Bristol Bears play Clermont and Clenethi Scarlet play Breve. Both matches at 9 o'clock tonight. World Rugby Sevens uh, goes on in Hong Kong. The Springbok Ladies, they're up against the New Zealanders at four minutes past five tomorrow morning. You get up to watch the Grand Prix practices, then you can watch the rugby as well. There's uh, obviously Curry Cup First Division action this weekend as well. The Falker take on the Border Bulldogs and the Vintuk Draft Velvichias. They were playing the Southwestern District Eagles. That game has been postponed. Curry Cup action tomorrow sees the Lions in Sharks and Western Province play the Griquas. And then as far as the Heineken Cup is concerned, the Sharks from Durban, the franchise side, play at home tomorrow. Hoppers won against Munster. And then at Cape Town, it's the Storm against the Harlequins. Uh, should be a really big game, that one. And then Leinster play Ulster. That match at Hopper 6 tomorrow night. And La Rochelle against Gloucester at Hopper 6 as well. Lots of action to be confirmed on Sunday in Hong Kong. But the Heineken Cup goes on. The Chiefs play in Montpellier. Saracens play Ospreys and start Toulousan. Uh, take on the Vodacom Bulls. That's an away game for the Bulls on Sunday. So lots of rugby action for you over the weekend. We look forward to a crackerjack weekend of rugby. A couple of uh, issues with regards to the rugby is that the Bulls face the toughest challenge uh, this weekend at the Heineken Championship. They start to heat up the weekend's first round of knockout fixtures. The competition has reached the last 16, coupled with the fact that they're playing, playing in Toulouse representing a situation that could be described as the Bulls having nothing to lose, which could make the Bulls really dangerous. It would be a huge boost if Jake White and his men did win. It should give them confidence to go anywhere else. As far as the matches are concerned of uh, South African interest, if you like, the Sharks are in a position that uh, they've been in for much of the season into an important game, desperately needing a response. They lost to Scarlets last week and not what the Durban franchise wanted or needed. They face a tight battle to ensure Champions Cup qualification next year. But the European competition is the one that they want to do well in. Can the Sharks win tomorrow? I guess at home they should. Then the Stormers play the Harlequins. Uh, this is being talked up potentially as the most spectacular game of the weekend. However, there is the potential for the home side, the Stormers, 
to be a bit complacent. Hopefully they're not. They're up against a side that's very much like the Stormers in that they approach the game and the way they can suddenly break games apart with an X factor in their bat line. Particularly, they have a great attacking bunch of players. And while they have been struggling on the club scene in England, they are lagging in the Premiership, just winning one of their last eight games. But they have the ability to do what the Stormers did to the Bulls just before Christmas at respect of scoring what will be huge hometown support in Cape Town tomorrow. And then Toulouse will host the Vodacom Bulls on Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. They did offer a little bit of hope in their revival in their loss to Ulster in Vodacom. They showed when building a 2012 league by half-time, then they can challenge that they are struggling quickly. Orenza Ken and Moody in, in the, the back line there, uh, and maybe the, they can get themselves a result. So the Championship Cup fixtures, Leicester, Edinburgh, Leinster, Ulster, La Rochelle, Gloucester, Exeter Chiefs, Montpellier and Saracens against Ospreys. Then, of course, Toulouse against the Vodacom Bulls. The Sharks in action tomorrow as well. They take on Munster and at Cape Town Stadium, the Stormers play the Harlequins. So it looks like a fantastic weekend. The uh, fixtures as far as the Lions are concerned, they're in Johannesburg at half past six. They take on Racing 92 and the Toyota Cheetahs are in Toulon. The Cheetahs did well to get this far in the competition. But I think Toulon will be a little bit too strong for the Cheetahs on the Toulon home ground. The other matches, of course, see Bristol play Clermont, Scarlets play Breve, Stade Francais play Lyon, Benetton play Connaught, Glasgow Warriors play the Dragons, and Cardiff Rugby play Sale. That, of course, tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. Okay, so what's the cricket situation uh, over the weekend? Well, let me tell you that uh, there was a game on the South, and we, as you very well know, to record this program because of load shedding in South Africa. So it is a little difficult for me to give you the result of something that is currently on. So the protests needed to win today against the Netherlands. And if they do, second match, the Dutch, this is, of course, all important in terms of the qualification for the Cricket World Cup late on in the year. If South Africa were to stumble against the Netherlands and Sri Lanka got a good result, I know they've been beaten by New Zealand, but if they continue on, they could qualify automatically in South Africa Zimbabwe uh, to go and play in a qualifying for breast cancer in South Africa. So everybody dresses, well, at least the Proteas will be dressing in pink. The uh, Dutch will be in the usual orange, I'm sure. And lots of spectators, uh, hopefully, at the ground. I know only 12,000 tickets were sold for the match on the Saturday afternoon. And uh, fans are citing the price of the tickets against the, the strength of the competition that's team that they're playing, being the Netherlands. Uh, not like very well-known playing for it in South Africa in franchise cricket, but never made it into the Proteus. So it should, and I say should, be an easy result for the Proteus, particularly at the Wanderers where big scores from teams that, particularly if they're bad first, are very difficult. If, on the other hand, they post Africa to trouble early on, you never know with South Africa what hasn't been, but can be potentially very fragile batting. Uh, there is other cricket, as I mentioned, the country playing the Chennai Super Kings and the IPL. And tomorrow, Papua New Guinea played Jersey, followed by the United Arab Emirates against Canada. And then, of course, in the World Cup qualifying playoffs. And the IPL two matches tomorrow, 12 o'clock, sees the Punjab Kings play the Kolkata Knight Riders. And then match three of the IPL sees the Lucknow Super Giants up against the Delhi Capitals. So there should be a lot of uh, great action 
in those matches and some really, really big stars from around the world taking part in the tournament, including a whole host of fantastic players from our country, South Africa. Now, the tennis continues uh, in Miami and the Wimbledon champion Elena Rybakina has reached the final of the Miami Open. She beat America's world number three, Jessica Pagula, at the Hard Rock Stadium last night. 7-6-6-4, Kazakhstan Rybakina is on course to claim what's been called the Sunshine Double. She won in Indian Wells earlier this month. She's just 23 ranked, seventh in the world, and faces the winner of tonight's semi-final between Petra Kvitova and Romanian Sorana Sestia in a rain-interrupted match. Neither player was able to settle into their serve. 11 breaks in total through the two sets, uh, but Rybikina eventually came out victorious. She held her serve with ease to secure back-to-back WTA 1000 finals. Two-time Wimbledon champion Kvitova reached the semifinals for the first time. She had a much harder fourth victory, 6-4-3-6-6-3, over Ekaterina Alexandrova to get through to the semifinals. She will either face Kvitova or Kostia. Those two play later on tonight. And that's after world number two, Arena Sabalenka, said she withdrew from next week's Charleston Open. She picked up an injury when she was beaten 6-4-6-4 by the unseeded Sorana Kostia in the quarterfinals. She did not specify the nature of the injury. Now, if you've ever seen Arena Sabalenka and you go onto YouTube or fix or wherever go and have a look how this lady bench presses weights and how she trains in the gym she is an animal absolute animal okay she could bench press me that's of course in the gym terms don't get too excited yet i'm, I'm not uh yeah it's enough of that really. okay so what else do we have uh, the weekend i'm sure you want to know what's happening with regards to the men in the tournaments, well, I can tell you it's not as close there in terms of getting towards the final um, because there's still quite a bit of action going on. Yannick Sinner is into the semis, a 6-3-6-1 victory over Finland's Emil Rusuviori. The game was delayed for two hours by rain. Sinner was two love up. He will be facing the winner of the quarterfinal between world number one Carlos Alcaraz and American Taylor Fritz, which was postponed due to heavy rain, and then eventually that did get underway, and he, of course, uh, or should be waiting to get that match in the bag. So uh, we will see how things go later on in the tournament, big tournament that as well. So lots and lots of action going on in the world of tennis. What's happening in golf, you might be wondering? Well, drama and intrigue is what we're waiting for. It's the Masters next week. That'll Augusta National, they welcome the best golfers. They call it the Hallowed Grounds for the 87th edition of the Masters, a totally different event to any other one. One of the coveted prizes in golf is the Green Jacket. It's on an iconic golf course, played at St. Andrews and superseded the, the Augusta National, but it's a, it's a different, completely different golf tournament. Starts off on Wednesday, where the golfers are joined by friends and family. Take on each other in a par three. It's inception in nine more. And only one player, Camilo Vegas, holds in one in one round. Winning the par three contest, though, has become a curse. Why? Well, because no player who's ever won the par three tournament has gone on to win the green jacket in the same year. Who are the favourites? Well, the Europeans come up with Rory McIlroy and John Rahm, the uh, Northern Irishman and uh, Spaniard, while Scotty Scheffler has been embroiled in a battle with those two for world number one. There are, of course, a couple of South Africans, 
who will be playing in the tournament as well. And it is going to be unbelievable. I can't wait for the Masters. There are no spectators there. Now, what are you talking about, Louis? Well, there are no spectators. They are called patrons. Yes, you're not a spectator when you go and watch the Masters. You're a patron. And even commentators have been bought from there because they have not abided by the rules of the language, if you like, that they have not spoken. So the presence of the Live Golf Rebels in Augusta will add an extra layer of complexity. Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, Charles Swatson, and Louis Oersteisen, Cameron Smith, a major winner, Brooks Kicker, also a major winner, all in all, Masters. Not a lot of players that are going to be playing in the Masters are currently playing in the Valero Texas Open. I can tell you a couple that are there that might be in the Masters. Matt Kucha is there in the Masters, I'm sure. Wallace, I guess. Harik Hichel, Africa, shot a 69. Um, and then you look down the field, and I guess a lot of those players that are going to be playing at the Masters have decided to take this weekend off from the PGA Tour and go to Augusta early and have a couple of rounds there, hit the ball around, get a feel of the golf course, get a feel of what clearly is one of the most slippery and fast-playing putting surfaces on the world golf scene. So that's uh, all that's currently going on with regards to the golf, big golf next week, catching up with that for you as we go through next week. Okay, it's back. Thank goodness it is. I had a really bad weekend last weekend, like serious with raw symptoms. There was no Premier League. Well, the Premier League's back. All those European matches that seem to be a bit boring, to be perfectly honest with you, because there's just far too many of them being played at the same time. But I know it's all for the betterment of the game to eventually get to the Euro and to get to the Cup of Nations. Let's start with the Cup of Nations, shall we? Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness gracious. This time last week, I was talking about South Africa playing at the Orlando Stadium against Liberia, and I was worried that there would be no more than a couple of dogs and a few spectators and ice cream seller and somebody selling a hot dog, or in South Africa we call them burrowhorse rolls. And I was right. Even though the uh, reports were saying that the Orlando Stadium in Soweto was sold out, blah, 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 nonsense. There were hardly anybody there. And I think that also cost South Africa in the long run a very disappointing second half, great first half. Disappointing second off. And then they had to go to Liberia in the week, Tuesday evening, in a must-win situation because there are only three teams in the group because the fourth team, Zimbabwe, were banned for government interference. So FIFA banned them. And cheap as the last 20 minutes was nail-biting stuff. South Africa nearly threw it away. Anyway, they didn't. And for the first time, even though it's only since 2019, it seems like forever, South Africa have qualified for a major competition and they are in the Cup of Nations. They go through with Morocco. The matches later in the year in absolutely nothing. A couple of times, hot and humid, especially in January and February when the tournament will be played. And Hugo Bruce, even though he did say that if South Africa didn't qualify, he'd kill himself with suicide. Oh, he said the same thing. If we don't get out of the group stage at the Cup of Nations, it's a hell of a statement to make when you don't even know what group you're in yet. There's still a whole lot of teams that have to qualify. Then they'll get the groups together after a draw, and we'll see how it's through to the Nations for the first time in what feels like an awful long time. Now, this weekend, Manchester City play Liverpool in the opening game of the weekend, and they're sweating on the fitness of their goal scorer, Erlen Haaland, ahead of the match against Liverpool tomorrow. They are eight points behind Arsenal. And they need to take all three points from the encounter against Jurgen Klopp's side tomorrow to keep up to date with the chase 
to the title, which is still a good couple of games away. The Norwegian striker, who has an astonishing 42 goals in only 37 matches for City since joining Borussia Dortmund, has a groin injury and was absent from training yesterday as the players returned from the international break. Father, though, told television that it was touch and go whether he'd be back in time for the Liverpool game. You can't just go two weeks without training and then jump right into a fight. Anyway, his absence, along with England midfielder Phil Foden, who's out after appendix surgery, will be welcomed by Arsenal supporters as much as Liverpool, who are six in the table, and still in the hunt for a Champions League place. So that is the showpiece game of the weekend that uh, everybody will be looking out for if, of course, you have some kind of an interest in terms of the top or the bottom of the table. Now, the other teams that are in action tomorrow, host Leicester City, Nottingham Forest play Wolverhampton Wanderers. That is a massive six-point swing game. We'll talk about that in a minute. A early kickoff for West Ham versus Southampton. And then at half past five, Newcastle United, Manchester United. Uh, Nottingham Forest game. Uh, the two seated by just a single point. So a win for Nottingham Forest. They're on 27 matches played for Hampton Wanderers, but not only would take them above Wolverhampton Wanderers, but would also have a game in hand still. So big weekend for all the teams down the bottom. Southampton, Bournemouth, West Ham. Still in the languishing in 18th, 19th and 20th places with Leicester City, 25 points from their 27 games, with Nottingham Forest, 26 points from their 27 games in 16th place. But then it's anybody's race right the way up to 12th place where Crystal Palace sit with 27 points. So a point or two separates six teams at the top of the table. It uh, is uh, on of Manchester City. They have 69s. Manchester City, who of course played in the FA Cup two weeks ago, which is why they are a game behind Arsenal, 61 points, and then languishing a long way behind. 19 points. And 19 points behind the leaders Arsenal are Manchester United, who have two games in hand, but still 19 points behind. And Newcastle, 47 points. So also a huge six-point swing for Newcastle or Manchester United at the weekend. I guess both of them will be quite happy with a draw, I suppose, coming out of what I suppose Man United will be being the away side. Newcastle will be looking to get a win over the uh, team from Old Trafford. And then Liverpool in sixth place, 42 uh, points behind the Arsenal's 69. That is seven points behind and there are still 10 games, some teams 11 games to go in the season. Promises to be an absolutely fantastic sporting weekend, which I will be back to you Monday evening in the Monday edition from the boardroom to the locker room. Just a reminder that uh, the That Guy Productions, which of course incorporates from the boardroom to will be broadcasting from the Cape Town International Convention Center for the Total Spushions Marathon. That will be in just under two weeks' time, we look forward to talking to you from the Cape Town International Convention Centre on the 13th, 14th, and then a special broadcast on Saturday, the 15th, and live broadcasts that weekend. More of that through the course of time. As usual, on a busy sporting weekend, from the boardroom to the locker room team, till Monday. Bye-bye for now.